Right. <clears throat> I'm fighting off the fatigue. I'm fighting off the fatigue. Everybody should know it. And uh, you'll, you'll understand very shortly. Good morning. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. For those of you who that is your cup of tea and podcast is available on the free odyssey app now then what am i fatigued about i'm fatigued <laughs> i'm fatigued by this presidential administration i'm i'm tired of hearing about bidenomics when what we have is bidenflation okay now according to the hill now this is not me saying it you know they don't make me privy to the bookkeeping uh, the U.S. deficit is projected to, rough, to roughly double this year, largely due to higher interest rates and lower tax revenue. Now, understand this. The reason we keep having to borrow money is because we always exceed that which we take in. And if, and plus we're coming up against the debt ceiling and against the funding of the government and all this other nonsense because we don't actually pass a budget anymore and, uh, these are all leading to my fatigue. But uh, in the interim, while we're out here doing it, we've got this this completely, uh, he's either totally demented or he is a maniac. But he's out there saying, well, I've lowered, I've lowered the deficit by $3 trillion over the next 10 years. How do you do that when you're doubling it every 10 months? How do you do that? Which he hasn't doubled it for next year yet, but give him time. I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll, uh, I'm sure he'll reach that reach that pinnacle. We get the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, an organization that pushes for lowering the deficit, is projecting the federal deficit will double this year to total about $2 trillion for the fiscal year that ends September the 30th. Mark Goldwine, Senior Policy Director at the organization, told The Hill that high interest rates, lower tax revenues, and high inflation resulting in higher Social Security and Medicare costs have all contributed to the rising deficit, which basically means that Biden sucks as a fiscal a fiscal manager. He said a big part of the story is just, is just that this was sort of a one-time huge revenue surge in 2022 that's done. But the other story is that we have structurally deficits really rising in 2023. And that's a lot of that because of interest costs. These things add up. It's no one thing that's causing us to go from $1 trillion to $2 trillion. It's like six things. A trillion dollars in $100 bills on pallets that are chest high. I think the measure is it would fill up 19 Olympic size swimming pools, something like that. I I don't remember. I looked it up one time and I, uh, you know, I was like, that's a lot of money, that trillion dollars. And, uh, you know, so getting out there and saying, well, it only doubled from one trillion to two trillion. You know, you, you need to take that particular cat who says that out loud without, you know, some sort of sense of irony or, or, you know, maniacal laughter or something accompanied with it at the absurdity of it and shake him till his eyes rattle. But this all sort of stands out given all, with all the sound bites that Gro Gropey Joe and his acolytes and staff keep coming up with. Like something put out by the White House. Fact sheet. The resident's budget reduces deficits by nearly $3 trillion over 10 years. Which is accompanied 
by the following dribble. The president has done all this while delivering on his commitment to fiscal responsibility. While the previous administration passed a nearly $2 trillion unpaid for tax cut with benefits skewed to the wealthy and big corporations while dramatically increasing the deficit, President Biden cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion during his first two years in office, the largest decline in American history. Well, no, you, you bald-faced liar, that's not what happened. This $2 trillion deficit, this is paying for bureaucrats and government mandates and expansions, instruments of surveillance and repression, a prosecution of Donald Trump, union political activity, the COVID payout fraud, billions for Ukraine and a welfare free for all illegals. This was all, this was all passed to, uh, you know, to bring up this Inflation Reduction Act of, of 2022, which has nothing to nothing of the sort. <sighs> you know, I, I, I say this all the time, all the time. A, a broken clock is right at least two times a day. But Joe Biden never governs, ever. Never. Never. And what's bad here is that too much government spending is where the inflation come from. This, this is where it's coming from. And this comes at a bad time because the Saudis and the other male, major oil producers, which we, we, we would be the big dog if we actually produce some. We have it. We don't have to produce any of it. We just got to go get it. Um, they've decided to cut production. So less production means higher oil prices, which is sure to filter through to the economy through higher prices for everything affected by oil. This is why the get price of gasoline goes up. It has nothing to do with the price of gasoline. It has to do with the cost of transportation to get it to the gas pump. Because that uses a denser form of crude to make diesel and jet fuel. But higher prices per barrel of oil also mean that the uh, your IKEA coffee table costs more because it costs more to produce it and it costs more to get it there. Agricultural goods cost more to make them and it costs more you know, to grow them. It costs more to get them to where they got to go. Food, factory goods, construction materials, clothing prices, everything. The plastic glasses on your face. Joe Biden will get out there and blame the oil producers. Well, they're out there getting out there and, uh, you know, st stuffing their pockets with money, like being in business means that you shouldn't make any money. They're stuffing their pockets with money and everything. The American people suffer through all of this because of their greed. <laughs> but the higher oil prices in his world didn't come from the oil itself or the greedy producers. It, it, this is a defensive move by those who produce oil. They're, they're looking at the, you know, the United States economy is the big dog. And when you look at the big dog being led down the road, by a dog hater, by a person that hates dogs, like Joe Biden. And you look at all that interest that we're going to be shelling out on this deficit for nothing. For nothing. This is this is all for nothing. This is money for nothing. And, and deciding that there won't be that much need for their oil because the economy is going to be so slow. Lucky us. And uh, what's disgusting here is that the media and those who are paid to serve as watchdogs, official or unofficial, aren't saying anything. No. You know, Joe, Joe Biden walked away from a Medal of Honor ceremony. 
some presidents go through their entire career without ever giving out a Medal of Honor, unless it's to some guy that, you know, served so many years ago and it just now got to where it got approved from Korea or World War II or whatever. This guy gets to actually put one on a living, breathing Medal of Honor recipient, and he just walked away. In the same vein that they let him get away with his phony claims about reducing the deficit. And we have, the Republicans have one House of Congress. And, uh, you know, I don't mind you guys failing. But you're not even trying to look like you're trying to do something about this. Maybe I'm missing something. Uh, maybe you're going to want to make this an election issue. I don't know. But while you're playing this gamesmanship, everybody's really suffering here. All of this deficit means that a lot of money that could go to a productive use is is going to nothing. It's going to nothing. And uh, that's, that's a big issue. Wasted money. Wasted resources. And this president, he's riding it like it's a, you know, like a, like a stick horse from hell. I don't know. He's just... It, I'm almost... I'm not going to say that out loud. <laughs> I'm not going to say that out loud. If I had the if I had the resources, I would look for an island that belongs to no nation and I would probably just move there. I I would do that. I would do that just to go see how how much worse can it be when you've got somebody that you know, when you live in a nation where they're supposed to provide this that and the other for the general well-being of the populace versus living somewhere where there's no government whatsoever, no no what, uh, no populace and no mechanism which could be possibly worse i don't know i should know the answer to that already well i thought i thought the homelessness thing was a big issue on the coastal areas well it's actually happening inland now and it's leaving a very distinctive and smelly calling card this is news talk 98.9 word Have I ever heard this before? That's sort of fun. I'm what is what is that wild card? What is that one? What's that cut? What's that? Oh. Oh goodness gracious. Okay, no wonder I've never heard that one. Okay, well, at least her opening is pretty good. <laughs> anyway. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live. Even as I say that, I have to push these buttons to make sure I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And, of course, podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. Has anybody ever wondered why we have to go to the Daily Mail, a British newspaper website to get some of this stuff this is because nobody in the united states fake stream media reports this nonsense and we get this the headline of the daily mail says squatters take over wyoming city vagrants leave millions of dollars worth of damage to motel and 500 pounds of human feces in downtown area as casper fights off a homeless invasion this means it's somebody that works in casper wyoming was given the 
disgusting task of weighing the human feces. And this sort of, you know, you, you think when you think of Wyoming and Montana and all these things, you think, what, Yellowstone? You think, you know, think about that stuff. A naturally clean, beautiful state. But the homeless plague is everywhere, and the situation in Casper reminds us that most of today's homeless are not the, you know, this is not like the Dust Bowl, okay? This is not like during the time of the Great Depression when everybody was just thrown out of work. And they had no food, and there was no money, and there was no social security net or anything like that to catch anybody. And, you know, suddenly the biggest growth industry out there were the soup lines and the soup kitchens. Not like that today. No. No. Today's homeless people are dysfunctional drug addicts. And guess what? This is the result of 60 years of leftist drug policy. Well, let's go back to the Daily Mail, because once again, there's not an American news outlet that gives us this story, so we're going to have to look somewhere else. And we get this. Squatters have taken over a Wyoming city after some left millions of dollars worth of damage to a motel, and others left 500 pounds of feces in the downtown area. Casper, the second largest city in the state, is home to 60,000 residents, but now has about 200, 200 homeless people. And some have seized various properties that are empty or abandoned, including an abandoned Econo Lodge motel that hasn't operated since November. Casper Mayor Bruce Nell described the extent of destruction as akin to third world country stuff. Now, they go on to explain why that hotel, which suffered a lot of water damage, was foreclosed upon and boarded up. But... It's like a five-star five destination when you're a drug addict. So they broke into the 300-room hotel and used it as a giant latrine and shooting gallery. Their words. I would not have imagined that a drug addict would hang on to a gun long enough to actually recreationally use it in a recreational way. And the mayor, well, he's at wit's end. You know, they show a picture of an easy chair and end table with a coca-cola bottle and a nice spoon set up beside a syringe so picturesque a way to to get that fix back to the daily mail city officials admit they've run out of ideas about how to effectively deal with the growing number of vagrants and note that fines and arrests do not seem to be working when it comes to sorting out the problem we know very well we cannot litigate our way or arrest our way out of the problem, but our police need some teeth to start dealing with the squatting. They're just causing so many problems. In desperate times, people do desperate things, and unfortunately, we're the ones left having to deal with it. Well, Mr. Mayor, you just lost me there because these are not desperate people. These people have made a choice. They've made a choice. Now, these are the same people who've taken over the streets in Seattle and San Francisco and L.A. They're drug addicts. I have an idea. Some of you are going to be like, oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. <laughs> um, in the military, when we would be being in, in basic training, when we be when they would transport us from point A to point B. Um, oh, I yeah. The, OK, I get it now. Somebody in the text line is in, in, in enlightened me. They're shooting up the drugs, not the guns. That's the shooting. It's a shooting gallery now for drugs. I'm just too square for some of these things, aren't I? I'm just too much of a square deal. Anyway, they used to put us in something they called the cattle car. And if we've got 200 homeless people in Casper, Wyoming, let's do an experiment. 
Let's put them all in the cattle car, right? We'll give them all a dime bag. We'll go to San Francisco and we'll get some clean syringes and we'll get some nice heroin. And then we'll go back to Casper, Wyoming, give everybody a dime bag and let them obliterate themselves, load them on the cattle cars, and then drive them to L.A. Who's with me on this one? I mean, you know. Probably not going to happen because you think the mayor thinks that these people are desperate. They've fallen on desperate times. No, they're, they're, they've fallen on drug times. I've never been addicted to a drug. I've never drank heavily. I've never done any of that stuff. So I, I don't really even have a point of reference to get out there and say, well, I know how that is. I don't. But here's what I do know. It is a choice. Every time I drink a beer, I'm not out there going, oh my God, what's happening? I'm not, I'm, I, I do not consent. I do not. I'm drinking that beer. I'm serious. I'm drinking it. And the same with drug addicts. You know, you, you don't accidentally inject something into your veins. You, you don't. This is something the left has pushed since the 1960s. Lax drug policies. It is a victimless crime after all. Biden is contemplating nationally loosing restrictions around pot. But the reason that we developed our drug policy wasn't because every political office was filled with a joy-hating sort of a, you know, religious fundamentalist. It's because the, you know, promiscuous drug use destroys people and by extension it destroys societies. And since we live in said societies, we don't want them destroyed. Now, yeah, I know the Indians used to use peyote, but they actually did that during a religious ceremony. They weren't getting blitzed on it every time they got on the ponies and headed out to fight another tribe. And now we, we have a back channel of substance abuse now. And they've reported on what's become apparent ever since Colorado and Washington State legalized pot. It is damaging. It links to severe mental health problems like depression and bipolar disorder and suicidal ideation, psychotic breaks, schizophrenia. And it's a gateway drug, you know. We develop, unfortunately, we develop resistance to certain things that we ingest. And uh, then we have to go to something else. Back to Casper. If desperately poor people that didn't have any food or shelter had broken into that hotel... They would have done their best to treat it like home. They would have created a latrine area outdoors in the back and they would preserve the room so they were livable. Now, these people were just looking for the, you know, just keep a roof over my head while I'm sticking it in my arm, would you? I'm, I'm, I'm not going out back because I'll be passed out when all of these bodily functions are happening. So, a, uh, I saw something about a company that ostensibly is within the gun the gun industry that sort of raised my eyebrows yeah this is news talk 98.9 WORD This is what I love about the platform of talk radio. I can shift. 
I can shift because I get something gets pointed out to me, and I mean I find it fascinating. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. I want a little input on this, okay? According to an email I just got, Greenville residents spend forty four percent of their income on bills, where the rest of South Carolina spends about forty percent. Now, I've long known that the upstate is a booming area. This entire, this 100,000 watt radio signal that I have, we cover a lot of prosperity out there. But by the same token, when you look at this figure and, and you begin to think about some of these things, most of the bills that we set up as residents in the in, in, in Wherever I, you know, wherever you live, I mean, where I live, me, myself, and I, when I'm setting up my bills, I'm setting them up based on an idea that this is how much it's going to cost and that's going to be it. And it's a static number. But as we, we have learned, and, you know, it's not a new lesson to be learned, but as we, as we're seeing right now, um, right now, gasoline costs more, food costs more. We just had a big tax increase in, in this county. So now that goes up. Everything goes up. So everything that we set out and we budgeted all of a sudden is now being influenced by various levels of government, by either malfeasance, ineptitude, greed, whatever, what have you, you know. So what do you think about that? When, when you look at this and you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to be the master of my own destiny. Which is the promise of life in America, right? And, uh, you know, this has always, always at least been the part of the process wherein the, Amer the American promise of we are masters of our own journey. Except, <laughs> except, when you get out there and you say to yourself, well, except for where government gets out there. So, what are your thoughts on that? When, when you, so, because this is, this is one of these things now, everybody gets out there and says, oh, Bill, government takes all of our money. Now you have a really ironclad uh, example of this because I would love to be able to go back and look at 2018 I'd like to see what the percentage was in 2018 all things being equal right because most of you if you live in a home that you own you probably owned it in 2018 if you have a car payment you probably had one in 2018 I'd like to see what your thoughts are on this because there's some things we have control over, and there's some things we have no control over. Where do you fall down on that one? Where, where, what do you think about that? I've got so many things going on right now. Uh, but what do you think about that? Give me a call. I want to know about this. Because if we're paying more than the state, see, this is interesting. Because this means that we're paying 
I don't know what Charleston pays. I would imagine Charleston would have to pay more, wouldn't they? The low country? Wouldn't you think they would pay more? Now, the upstate has always been one of these things where I've, I've always looked at the upstate as somewhat of a bubble. When I moved up here and I got involved in the education system as a student, right, what we were doing down in, in Columbia, South Carolina, was nothing compared to what I ran into at Wade Hampton. It took me a year just to adjust because they were on such a higher level of education at Wade Hampton in 1976 than I was used to. In 1976, when I got here, uh, it was probably it was primarily about a quota thing. We were being bust, so the education quality was not necessarily there. I get to Wade Hampton High School. Spanish was an excellent thing. Span an excellent example. We would get these pictures in Colombia, and we would have to learn the caption in Spanish for the picture. I got here. And uh, I, Mrs. Hamby, she was my she was my Spanish teacher at uh, Wade Hampton High. I hope she's still alive today. Last I heard, she was at a, with a, uh, a a photography studio. Her husband ran it, and she she went to work there. But um, her class was having conversations in Spanish. She didn't even speak in English in that class. I was in second year Spanish, and the second year Spanish classes at Wade Hampton High School. These guys were like like translators. I had one dude behind me. He was an athlete. I mean, this guy was just, he was just completely bilingual. So this, this upstate area has always been a cut above as far as certain things. And so, you know, over the test of time, as we turned out better educated people and everything else, the, 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 the standard of living here in the upstate has risen. And it has branched out because the upstate's not just the upstate anymore. It's western North Carolina, it's parts of Georgia, and it's, you know, it goes down into Lawrence County and all these other things. So, um, you know, it, it has it has radiated outwards. But now we get this. We pay 4% more than the rest of the state does on the text line. My rent went up about $100. My power went up $100. At one time, I could fill up my truck for $40. Now it costs me $70. Yeah, there you go. There you go. These are all major increases, too. And it used to be you could go to very, like, if you wanted to, sh like, on payday, you could go and you could shop at Whole Foods. And then, as but later on, as you know, as the money began to dwindle, you could still get enough food at Walmart. And it was less expensive. And now that's just not the case. And this is because of transportation costs. This is cause of the, this is, this is due to the cost of diesel. It costs more to produce diesel than it does to produce gasoline. And I, you know, this is a bunch of junk. This is government malfeasance. Speaking of malfeasance, when the left looks at you and says, well, it can't possibly be our fault. Well, you know, something's wrong. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. <laughs> All right. So many, you know, what goes on in the background of a radio show would make its own radio show. We could do a spinoff. We could have a spinoff radio show about the background behind the scenes of the radio show. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven 
And you can watch it on the stream, if you like, on the WORD Facebook page. And it's available on the free Odyssey app. Um, when you get out there and you, 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 you go to your government and you say, you, you really ran us into the, into the side there, did, didn't you? Um, well, <laughs> when they come back to you and say, well, we meant the very best for you. And their answer is always the same, though. Immunization. You know, the, the CDC gave very gentle advice to pregnant women, right? We sh shouldn't we want to protect pregnant women, right? Immunization and pregnant. When you're pregnant, it's strongly recommended you're immunized against whooping cough, flu, and COVID-19. Book pregnancy vac vaccines now. Like it's an event. I'm being asked if I was Les Nesman. I know what that means, and I'll be hunting for you, pal. Uh, and we get this. New Zealand has taken the term lockdown to a whole new level with only 25 corona deaths among a population of 5 million. Medical officers are now being directed to manage all positive confirmed cases in a quarantine camp. On the Laura Ingram show, Victor Davis Hanson he lamented the precedent that set, and he said the prime minister at the time, Jacinta Arden, in an unbelievably harsh and unattractive diatribe, explains how dissent will not be tolerated. Reuters quoted her using the same style in October of 2021. About 2.38 million New Zealanders have so far been fully vaccinated, or about 57% of the eligible population, with officials promising to end lockdowns once 90% of the eligible population is vaccinated. Now, this woman, this prime minister, if you will, she had an extraordinary level of control over a relatively small and isolated and unarmed population. In other things, we have this. If you're a French doctor, a New Zealand teacher, or a Canadian government employee, getting your shots is essential to go to work. Indonesia can deny benefits to people who refuse jabs. Greece is making them compulsory for the over 60s. Austria is set to go further still with a plan to introduce mandatory vaccinations for all by February. That was then. Now, larger and larger percentages of people know or know of someone that has died suddenly. Young people in particular were dying unexpectedly, along with Canadian doctors and athletes everywhere. And the conclusion that the authorities and the experts have been lying about almost everything in the COVID saga is gaining much wider acceptance. More people are looking at these self-professed elite ex experts with very skinny eyes. And it stands to reason that the same globalist interests that engineered the global plant pandemic will be looking for a common storyline to defend and distract. Now they have a new prime minister in New Zealand, Chris Hipkins. And he made a rather counterintuitive assertion about the people who were harmed by the jabs. They ultimately made their own choice. <laughs> really? Uh, which choice? Lose your job or get the jab? Be drummed out of a profession or get the jab? Have a healthy baby or get the jab? So now what we're going to do is they're gonna, we're going to say this is all voluntary. But here's what we haven't forgotten. 
government, and you should pay heed because every time you poke the bear and the bear just rolls over and stays asleep, sooner or later you're going to poke just right. Uh, we remember not being able to go to funerals. We remember not being able to see our loved ones in nursing homes. We remember not being able to go to a restaurant. We remember keeping kids locked in the house. We remember those same kids losing irreplaceable learning time. We saw the mom and pop stores go away while Walmart and Amazon took over. We saw people being forced back into nursing homes while a huge hospital ship sat ready and empty because of political optics. Every single person was affected. The medical establishment, the trust we had with them, that was squandered. If those of a globalist bent think they can go back to the glory days of public compliance, uh, you should rethink that one, especially here. Might work in New Zealand again. It might work in Australia again. I don't know. It's not going to work here. It's not going to work here. You got Joe Biden masking up. Well, he won't be masked up very long. It's very hard to have some soft serve on a waffle cone when you got a mask in your face. So he won't be wearing that very long. All he really wants is that is that cone and his clicker. And all is right in his world. And as for the rest of you globalists, you elites, you come at us and try to try this thing again. It might get a little militant. It might get a little kinetic on our end. And that's going to be a problem for you, friend. Because guess what? We're the deplorables. See you soon. And in, in England... I already talked about this, but we got to go back because we're always being compared to Europe for some reason. The death panels are in swing. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.